Hello, fellow nerds. Check out our network site, nerdsloth.com. You can also connect with us on social media like the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. If you like what you hear, look for Nerdsloth on Patreon and consider donating to help us continue delivering quality shows straight to your ears. If you'd like to help the shows out for free, head over to iTunes and write a heartfelt review. I mean it. Make me cry happy tears. But seriously, though, anything you can do really helps us out and we love you for it. Hey y'all, this is Jeff Ryder of Gravity Matters from Cloud Wrangler Comics, and you are listening to Adrian Has Issues, because you are smart. Hey everybody, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian. And I'm Eileen. It's been a while since we've actually done an episode that was just two of us. I'm trying to think about it. I mean, you've been on the show just recently. Um, was it was episode 62, The Buddy System. Mm-hmm. And um, prior to that, you hadn't been on since, um, I think it was like our Star Wars. Right. And it's that episode was so much fun. Like It was our two-year anniversary so what better way to celebrate it by watching the movie that the two of us uh, really bonded over, or the, the franchise, really. So, like, last December, we went to go see uh, Episode 7 in theaters. I cried a lot. Eileen <laughs> questioned uh, whether or not she wants to be in this relationship with a man who cries that openly at Star Wars. <laughs> I didn't even cry at, like, the emotional moments. Like, no, I cried at the opening crawl. Seeing the Millennium Falcon was actually one of the things that, like, I really went off about. But anyway... <laughs> Eileen is more than just my girlfriend. She's my life coach. She's the show's co-host. And she's my producer. And even though you hear my voice more often than not on this show, she really is the, the glue that holds aging as issues together. Like, she's not even, like, my Jarvis or even my Friday. Oh, that's a deep cut for you Iron Man fans. <laughs> but, you know, she is my partner in all things. Thank you, darling. It's funny because we're sitting here in our bedroom. Matter of fact, this is actually where we recorded the uh, Star Wars. Uh, not even a review. It was more of like an analysis of the entire series. It really was. And we had a lot of fun doing that. But where we're sitting now, I'm having a lot of weird flashbacks because this setup here is not too much different from how I started podcasting in general. Now... I've told a story a lot of times on the show and maybe even a couple of blogs, but I like telling the story for one reason. It's like, as my parents often said to me, and even now it's like, don't forget where you came from. You know, you always, and we actually talked about that ourselves. And Absolutely. if you listen to episode 63 with uh, J. Jacob Barker, or creator after con, we talked a lot about knowing your history, knowing where you came from, knowing the steps it took you to get to where you are. Cause it's very important. But where I'm sitting, it reminds me a lot of when I very first started podcasting. And that was, I want to say, spring. No, it was actually, I think it was July. Like, I think early July, late June of 2013. My first experience of podcasting was actually came to listening to um, a local show at Jersey, uh, Big Kev's Geek Stuff. The guy, um, one of the co-hosts of that show, uh, Matt, a.k.a. OG, he used to be a um, employee of a store I used to frequent, and he told me about this thing called a podcast he did. I was like, what's a podcast? And they said, like, an internet radio show. And for that rest of that year, I used to have to drive to school 
uh, up in like the the sticks of New Jersey, up in like Wanakue. <laughs> and I would listen to this show. And what made it amazing was the fact that listening to OG and his uh, co-host, Big Kev, talk about comic books and movies and just general geek stuff like the show suggests. It reminded me a lot about the conversations I used to have with my friends or the people who used to come to the comic book store. Because um, I think two years prior, actually, was an employee at a comic book store. You know, Under the Table Job, episode two, it's where I talk about that with uh, an old friend of mine. But it was cool because I've never really heard of a podcast, but I always thought, like, podcasting would be something like radio, like, you know, FM radio or even AM radio. Just very dry like the... And now, Bob Smith is going to tell you how to, like... <laughs> make a, a stellar quiche you know he's like, like very npr very dry informative entertaining but just very dry like that or morning but, zoo and we're morning zoo like hey you know it's dave in the deeds like how's it going it's like and there's toilets flushing and you know there's babies crying for some reason it's like hey top of the morning here's your traffic and oh route 80 is gridlocked and oh you better take the parkway more toilet flush <laughs> I want to go the reggae way. route with the big horns and the bullets. You know, <laughs> so I had a lot of expectations of what podcasting was, but it was very accessible. It was very real. It was something that I thought to myself, hey, I could do this. And not in the case of, oh, these guys made it easy, but no, it's like, this is what I had already been doing for a while. And, I'm, you know, I grew up wanting to be a radio DJ, not the reggae guy necessarily, because <laughs> I feel like me and Rastafarian has is just an embarrassment. <laughs> but it's something I always wanted to do. And podcasting, long story short, was a way for me to actually do it because it seemed easy. And from that time when I started listening to geek stuff and a couple of years later, because like I said, that was 2007, I think, when I first heard about them, you know, things like uh, Smodcast, you know, Kevin Smith. If you know who Kevin Smith is by now, I'm, you know, that's, that's, that's on you. You need to watch, listen to our show more. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he, in a way, I think popularized it for a lot of people because here you have a guy who, I mean, granted, he already had a following from his movies and his comics and other things he was into, but basically just doing that. And matter of fact, his commentary tracks of his DVDs are like the precursor to podcasting because it'd be like him and a bunch of people sitting together telling stories sometimes related to the movies but sometimes not just very informal just very conversational it's a good time so you know since then podcasting has really jumped up in a lot of ways so by the time i started in 2013 there are already well-established podcasts and especially well-established comic book podcasts my friend atlas at the time every time we'd get together we'd always talk comics you know just riffing on things that we're reading and movies we had seen so one day i just said to him like hey do you want to do a podcast? And he's like, well, all right, which is in, in Atlas. If you are listening to this, you know, I was like, I believe me. I, I, that was kind of the response. So I'm not, I hope I'm not, you don't think I'm picking on you, but that was just, it's like, all right, let's give it a shot. I bought two microphones. I'm not going to tell you the brand because I don't want to necessarily badmouth them, but they were good microphones, but not for what we needed. And we didn't have a studio. We still don't have a studio. We recorded out of Atlas's bedroom, which, uh, he, we lived in the same town at the time. It's basically an inner city. So there's always sirens, there's car horns. Like, matter of fact, every so often, like, if I grant, I think I've edited them out, but I kid you not, on one episode, there was gun, there was, there was like a gun fight. Seriously? In the background. I don't know if it came (laughs) up on the mic, but one time we actually had to stop because it was, it was popping off not too far. It's a, it's a very, it's a very interesting neighborhood. (laughs) 
I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like I ducked for a second. All right. So anyway. <laughs> but, you know, we had no studio and his bedroom was very small. And how we're sitting right now is I would sit at the edge of his bed and we really like I had microphone stands from the, the things that I bought, but they weren't level. So in order to make it match to like the wooden table tray thing he had, we had to stack them up with DVDs <laughs> or video game cases. So that way it actually reached my mouth because having my head down the entire time was just very painful. And he'd be at his computer like two feet away, barely two feet away. And yet for what the two years that we did that show, it was amazing because like I said, we had no prior knowledge of how to do this. We had no engineering background, anything like that. It was just two guys with a love. And, you know, we were sarcastic, but a genuine love of what we did and what we talked about. And as often as I do this and as, you know, equipment gets upgraded, we meet more people, we're out in the world. I always look back on those days fondly. And while Atlas and I may not speak as much as we used to, if at all, I can never take away that time because those nights we used to get together. It's like, honestly, and people say this a lot, but it was really the one of the happiest times of my entire life. What was cool about it was not only did it seem like we enjoyed what we did, but our, our fans were very small. We only had a couple of very vocal people who would respond to what we did. And matter of fact, Ashley uh, Berkey, who's been on the show, was probably one of our big longtime fans. Hi, Ash. What up, Ashley? And, um, you know, we met other podcasters like Amish Baby Machine, Dark Angels, and Pretty Freaks, and eventually Comical Podcast. And, you know, people actually responded to what we were doing. And it was weird because, yes, I did have expectations. I can't say, like, oh, I never imagined. Yes, I had at least ideas or thoughts about doing a show and people listening. But then to actually have people listen and to stick around week after week and seeing either tweets or Facebook posts saying, I can't wait to see what Agent and Atlas have to say about the particular thing that just happened you know like the, the the day where i was out with i think it was my sister my or my family at some point and i saw the post about ben affleck being cast as batman oh, and i called him or retweeted i forget i forget how it worked out but it's like how quickly can we get together i'm <laughs> we're i'm getting home let's we and he pretty as soon as i got home he was he, he was practically already at the house we jumped in ran back to his house so, like, people had expectations of what we were talking about, and that was weird. Because it's easy, it's like those weird sci-fi movies where it's like contact, where you send signals out into space, but then it's like, oh, you never hear anything until the moment you get a signal back, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, come January 2015, the show is what it is now. Adrian has issues. And, like I said, Eileen, while very behind the scenes, she's here with me now, as she has been several times. And it's a different dynamic. We are now an interview show where we talk to comic book creators, sometimes musicians or comedians, pretty much creators about their craft and just sharing a love for the things that we're into. This show has grown, um, you know, in a very quick, very quick, uh, well, it doesn't seem quick because it seems agonizing because <laughs> believe me, like, you know, Eileen, I'm actually going to put you on. And yeah, like, no, I know you to you. It seems like it's taken forever. But as someone who was there from the inception of the of the new concept show uh, transitioning to Agent has issues, just seeing that progression from the beginning of that to now we have made such tremendous strides and the show has has really matured and we've learned a lot of lessons, you know, sometimes a hard way, but we've really grown and our audience has grown our presence in the community and our acceptance by 
the comic community has been amazing. It has really been um, very gratifying to see how much we're really making an impact on those that listen to us and how the great respect, uh, mutual respect that we have with others in the industry uh, and in that community has been wonderful. To get that kind of the feedback that we get back and our fans are wonderful people and we thank you so much for listening and we hope that more and more of you will, will tune in. We've gone from, hey, it's just, you know, you talking to, you know, a few indie creators to now we're doing on-site interviews, uh, whether at Comic-Con or uh, local comic book stores. We've been involved with CACN, the Creative AfterCon Network. And also now we're a member of Nerd Sloth and formerly and before that on um, Tangent. So, you know, we've really have been branching out and we have been recognized by the community. And that's a wonderful thing. We've done that pretty much in a span of what, a year and a half? Yeah, it's about a year and a half. And, um, mm-hmm. well, it'll be two years, I think, um, this January. And, you know, and you mentioned Nerd Sloth and Tangent, which, you know, also shout out to those two networks because it's one thing to do this on your own, but it's also another thing when somebody is willing to take you on. And, you know, it's, and I say it's risky and not that it's a life and death scenario, nothing like that, but that when you are at a certain level and especially when it comes to being like, you know, an independent, you know, whatever you're a podcaster creator, it's very difficult to get people to pay attention. And I only say that because you know, when you go to a comic book convention, sometimes it's very difficult to maybe access certain people because, you know, there's so many things floating around, especially at larger shows where you only really have a couple of minutes to really make an impact with somebody and to make sure that you're worth their time. And while you always have the passion, much like with us, like, you know, the passion's always there. We love what we do. That doesn't necessarily always mean that people are going to gravitate. So, and I say this in the utmost sincerity. I'm very blessed, and I, you know, if I can speak for Eileen, like we're both very blessed to be able to do this on a weekly basis and to have people respond, to have people retweet or share it on Facebook or what have you. And I know that this sounds very kind of like heavily sentimental, but I couldn't do what I do, and Eileen couldn't do what she does without showing the gratitude for the people that we've been involved with, and even for the people we haven't been involved with, you know, because there are people who do support us who may not have even been guests, you know, things like that. And yet, the one thing I do want to always convey, though, is that I imagine much like the people that we talk to on our show often convey to us is that it's not easy. And I've seen a lot of podcasts come and go and, you know, because life happens. Mm -hmm. And it's not from a case of questioning anybody's commitment or love. It's more about to really sit down to be a regular show with everything going on in the world, whether it be, you know, family or financial situations or other personal things, there's a lot of things that can take your attention away. So it's very difficult to, you know, it's all, it's easy in the sense that, yes, you can't get a microphone, you can't get a laptop or any other recording device. You can even use your phone now. I mean, I've seen like high def movies, pretty engaging movies record on the iPhones. You know, it's not like the old days where you had to have an engineering background, but to do it and to do it fairly regularly, it's very hard. And I, first and foremost, I have the utmost respect for any other fellow podcasters or just other creators for doing what they do, because in the world where everybody tells you to follow your dreams, yeah, do the thing that you say you're going to do. Yeah, rah, rah, go on, do that. 
you know, sometimes they'll often be the same voice. Be like, all right, well, hold on. Maybe you shouldn't, you know, maybe you should kind of fall back on this thing that's a little bit safer. It's, but to really put yourself out there is not. It's not easy. It it's takes, not easy at it all. It takes a lot more work than just kind of following that standard, typical career path. Right. That, you know, that's very heavily pushed. You know, our show, we are very committed to the comic book community and, and really at the street level, you know, you have, you know, you have Marvel, you have DC and you have, you know, that level of, of the industry, which is great. Those people don't need our help. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're here really to work with and give a voice to the guys just up and coming, you know, the, the ones in the indie industry or the ones that maybe haven't made it to, marvel dc level or at least not the most popular ones but you know everybody in between and we really are about all these wonderful talented people who have these wonderful stories to tell and giving them a venue to and a forum for them to be able to put that out there because you know there's so much media there's so many different ways to reach out to the masses and the masses are bombarded with so many messages from so many different places. But if we can give somebody a one-stop shop or, Hey, we are here to feature these wonderful people in the community that you haven't heard of yet, but this may be the next, you know, big guy, you know, these could be your next, you know, Stanley's Joe Casadas. There are so many people that we want to really give that voice to. And that's what we're about. We really are about the community of comic books and really right. featuring those people. It is a community. It really is just, it's, it's a village. It's, you know, these are like our, our nerdy neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? And I definitely want to stress out that, you know, even if they are at, let's say, a top level or what we perceive to be a top level. Like Marjorie Lou, <laughs> Right? <laughs> they, well, you know, they're also... As every bit important, because, you know, as we've learned very often in doing that show is that comics, you know, we say it's a community, but it really is. And even in terms of making one issue, there's a lot of different people. And sometimes it may take, you know, it could only be like one or two, but it can also be a, a very large group, a very small group. But yet it takes everybody together to whether they're drawing it, they're writing it, inking it, lettering it, coloring it, um, like I said, editing it, but and also it takes time to publish because sometimes you may either self-publish or maybe you might go through another company to put it out there, or maybe you might put it on digitally as like a web comic or just as a digital only book. But everybody, while people may do different things in the comic book community and industry, you know, something that Eileen and I had been talking about uh, uh, quite a bit lately is that everybody's job is important because it all kind of serves that greater good, which is comics. Absolutely. And, you know, and at the same time, though, we do have to be honest with ourselves. We have to acknowledge the fact that as wonderful as a community can be, as the two of us who are, you know, very prevalent on social networking in terms of what we see in our feeds and what people discuss is that there are some things about comics that, you know, for no other way around is that may need to, you know, need to change and need to change soon. And something that um, one of my former guests had talked about was something about behavior change. Now, at least in that context, it was said about in terms of marketing and sales. But I even think that can cross over to, you know, the other side, just even about how people perceive people in comics, because as we're 
seeing and it's not even a matter of oh the comic book uh, industry is changing or, or about to change it already has changed we're seeing voices or hearing voices you know people telling stories that you didn't get five years ago let alone 10 15 20 years ago and that's what i love about it, is the fact that there's so many different stories being told that address different things or address different groups of people. And it's a wonderful thing. It's amazing. I love the fact that I go into comic book stores and I, you know, and it's, and no disrespect to them, but it's not just, you know, the older, you know, stereotypical geek, you know, you're starting to see a lot of females and definitely, you know, people within the LGBT community and, you know, whether it be like, you know, black comic fans or what have you, I'm starting to see in like legit diversity. And not in a buzzword sense, but you're actually just seeing so many different people from all walks of life, old, young, what have you, in stores, buying books, reading books, asking what to recommend for somebody. And, you know, a lot of first time people. And, you know, one of the uh, awesome stories I remember um, being at um, Eastside Mags, which was my local comic book mm-hmm. shop before I moved out of Jersey. Which, Hi, Jeff. Shout out to Jeff and Chris <laughs> and Marie and the entire Eastside Mags team, by the way, who are great supporters of what we do. But I remember being in there for one of the first times and, you know, I walked in there really just being like, oh, shoot, you know, I'm like, okay, how quickly before is this going to get weird? But, you know, Jeff was like, hey, how's it going? Like, you know, and we introduced ourselves and it's like, oh, that's what are you into? And he's basically, and the first thing he starts asking me is, what books am I reading or what am I interested in? And I've never had that before in a comic book store to have someone and not even a, oh, let me sell you something way, Mm -hmm. but really just legit making a connection. And then from that, it's like, hey, this guy generally seems to care. And, you know, over time, I, you know, would come back into the store and buy things. And then eventually he ended up being one of the guests on the show. I believe it was episode nine, somewhere on South Fullerton, where I really got to hear his backstory, which is incredible, by the way, to figure out, you know, him getting to the comic book store. But yet, you know, we obviously formed something of a bond. And then obviously, as I'm going in, they're seeing the different people who come in and these girls who are like, big Kamala Khan fans or like they can't wait to read the next Lumberjanes and things like that or you know just I I love that and I love that we're seeing people who just for a while would probably be shunned out of a lot of comic book stores because they didn't fit the standard mold and I also feel that that kind of represents what we do in that and I'm not trying to make that like we're better than anybody but it's like we kind of don't fit that standard mold only because our lives in and of themselves are just very non-standard very true you know uh, there's a lot of great shows out there but i feel like i mean for ourselves it's not just about promoting hey there's this comic and this is what it's about but really maybe analyzing what what were the roots of that what was the inspiration for that comic for the decisions this artist made what does how does the artist think how does the letter writer whoever it is whoever the creator is how did they get to where they are what made them think of this concept and what inspires them what's their what's their mechanism for developing the story and and just really exploring the passions behind these projects you know there are yes there are going to be people in the industry that are just trying to make a name for themselves there are going to be people in the industry who are just trying to make money those aren't our people we're really about the people who really have a passion for this industry have a passion for it's really an art form Right. It is absolutely an art form and these creators are masters and really showcasing that art and that mastery. That is what we're about. If in the course of that, we're also helping somebody make a living, then great. 
but that's not our bottom line. It's not about making a name. It's not about name dropping and whatever per se. I mean, we'll do it because, hey, you know. <laughs> we want to show credit where credit's due yeah, because exactly. we didn't get here by ourselves. Yeah. So, I mean, but at the end of the day, we really are about about our people and just the art that they have. And I know that for myself coming into this kind of late in life, you know, I didn't necessarily grow up with a lot of comics, but seeing how many people were involved, I used to think, okay, one guy sat down and drew and wrote and lettered and whatever. I never realized how many different steps it was to, to writing because I wasn't an artist. Um, I write, yes, you know, but I don't, I'm not an artist that way. I'm not, a, I didn't know there was letterers and colors and all these different people. I read novels, so I knew there were editors and I knew there were, you know, typesetters and all those things, but to see how many people are involved in these projects and how all those parts really are necessary. And you may not, you know, everybody talks to the writers or the artists more so than say like the letterer or whoever's setting the type, whoever's, you know, the colorist, whatever it is. But those people are just as crucial. You know, right. like you have your car, you can have this really awesome engine, but you don't have gas in it, it ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you know, and it's the same thing. And we appreciate those little people too. It's, you know, the artists and the writers are great, but we also, those other support people or even the families and friends of these people that keep them going. Because yes. no, th no one does this alone. You have to. You need a village. You need inspiration. You need a muse. What I love about you, Eileen, is that you really do support this. And there are other people who support in different ways. You know, sometimes it's even just of being like, "Hey, you know, good job on that thing." But yeah, you know, someone who's really just seeing all of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because you know, there are nights where you know, pulling all nighters or editing. Uh, the you know, <laughs> just laptops crash or recording equipment you know goes berserk, and then I go lost berserk. Files. Lost files and like it, there's <laughs> a lot of things that can and have gone wrong. I'm trying to convince you not to quit every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say often the shows like I quit on a on a weekly. It's basis. like okay or whatever. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> so what are we doing? <laughs> you know, but yeah, those also you're and I'm so glad that you touched on that. Is also the people who aren't necessarily the creatives themselves, but the people who support them because much like we have supporters in what we do, they have their support system, and whether it be from you know, like say someone else who works on another book. And that also does help someone who does know, you know, a little bit of the facet, but someone like you who maybe at first didn't know all this stuff, but yet you support the person behind it. And that's very important. Absolutely. That's I mean, I important. do have, you know, a passion for, at late life, I realized I was a nerd and I didn't know I was. Because, <laughs> you know, as a Harlem girl, you know, that wasn't cool. You know, you would just, hey, like you could draw and you could tag, but being nerds wasn't a cool wasn't a cool thing and then i realized wow i'm an old nerd not realizing that it was i know you know i know a lot of about different things and and no one thing i can say that i have this immense you know pinfield knowledge <laughs> <laughs> i very much love this community as well and as if I, and even if i didn't let's say i had no interest in comics or nerd culture at all I would still need to support the person I care for, even if it's just to make sure you eat every day. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like, honey, did you eat? Did you leave the room? And, you know, take a shower, say hi to the kids, you know, talk, call your mom, whatever it is. You know, <laughs> did you remember to call so-and-so? Yeah, I'm still going to support that because at the end of the day, this, it is it is a village. It is, you know, a group effort. 
And anybody who does industry, none of you do this alone. I know you don't. And if you do, you're lying. <laughs> if you say <laughs> you are, you're lying. <laughs> we know you need people. Um, and, and it really is. You need the community. And at the end, and even if you are doing it alone, you don't do the, you wouldn't be doing this if you didn't have fans or didn't want fans. And your fans are what keep you going as well. And we thank you to those people as well, the ones that go out and buy comic books or at least borrow them from their local library if they can't afford it or, you know, listen to the different shows, podcasts, blogs, whatever, and, and support the industry um, in any way they can because this is an art form and we don't want to lose this. We don't. Right. And we've seen so many, and you know, someone who grew, you know, grew up being around music a lot and seeing how scenes can be wonderful but also they can also crumble and fall if they're not supported and it happens and it's sad, but yet I won't get into details, but there was something I was a part of a very long time ago and it was great. But then I saw as, you know, this weird, almost for lack of a better term, just this negative energy that sort of permeated it. And I'd watched people lose out on a good thing because there was a lack of respect from some, and, you know, I definitely don't want that to happen. And that's something I want to talk about tonight is respect. We've all heard the Aretha Franklin song, and I'm sure we've heard our you know, parents <laughs> rally on or even if not our parents or parent figures, what have you, or just friends. You know, there's you know, hopefully there's at least that one person who tells you about this. But <laughs> whatever you do in life, and this is something that at least that I was told, whatever you do in life, whether you're going to be the Supreme Court justice or. President of the United States or, I don't know, a, a, you know, a crime kingpin. You do the best, you know, you, you be the, um, you do things to the best of your ability. You know, you don't half step, but more important, you show respect. I mean, granted, some crime bosses may not be very respectful, but there are a few, you know, you know, I'm thieves. sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that too. And I'm sure kingpin probably respected the guy whose head he crushed in the door in the episode of Daredevil. But you know, but he, you know, he did. You know, even Cottonmouth had a code, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You know, and that's, that's that's it though. Like there has to be a modicum of respect in anything you do, and comics is no different. And it's especially true of art. And for you know, it's not like okay, yeah, if you're working, let's say uh, maybe a corporate office job, yeah, you do things well and you respect people there too. But in in the case of art, it's all about expression, and expression obviously comes from yourself. Like you're pretty much putting yourself out there, like you're burying your soul. And I know that sounds very quasi-poetic, but yet you're pretty much putting yourself out there in whatever you're doing. And it's very hard and, you know, something it's difficult because sometimes when you have to face criticism of any kind, it's hard because again, you know, you, you want people to love it as much as you do. So sometimes, you know, you get hit with some hard truths and, you know, it's difficult to do that. But even if you are, let's say, criticizing somebody or trying to help someone get better, and I hope that's the case, or you're trying to get someone to be better as opposed to tearing them down, but you still have to show respect at the end of the day. And that's something that I hope that I have done. And, you know, sometimes things happen and, you know, life happens and sometimes wires get crossed, but A, I hope that, you know, people know that Eileen and I respect the people in this industry, in this community, and not even just people we've had on as guests, but just people in general, because I feel like that'll help the industry in itself just respect each other. Even if you're not necessarily like, let's say you're, I don't know, you're at someone's, you're at a convention, you see someone's table, you know, and I think we maybe I said this before, that person, whether you like their book or not, took the time out to basically probably forego obligations with families or maybe even 
forego something they could have used, used this money, you know, spent this time to make this thing. And now they're actually exhibiting maybe at a show and to maybe show, you know, even if you're not into it, you know, at least show respect for the person or just, you know, it, that's really what it comes down to is at least to show people that much. And I think that carries over because again, not everybody's going to be best friends. Not everybody's, you know, going to necessarily hang out at each other's house, you know, playing Xbox and, you know, eating Taco Bell, which is sounds like fun right now. <laughs> sounds really good, actually. It sounds great. <laughs> but, you know, we we still have to at least show respect for each other, you know, and whether it's a business or not. But we do our best to make sure that everybody we interact with leaves at least knowing that, you know, we did the best that we could to make sure that everything, you know, was smooth and everything's cool. And I also just appreciate, you know, people who have shown me respect. And again, you know, I'm not, you know, this isn't a nerdist show. This isn't even a Smodco show or anything like that. But yet, you know, people are showing me respect and treating me like an equal. And as much as it's like, okay, you know, you're also a part of this too. So that's something I just want to make sure I leave with is that respect each other. You know, because, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff on, you know, social networking that honestly just doesn't have to be. And those people, honestly, I hope that if any of them are listening that, we're not always going to get along, but yet there's a lot of things that a just need to not be a thing in comics anymore. You know, especially when it comes down to harassment and belittling and things like that. Cause I, you know, I see it often and it's, it's hurtful. It's, it's hurtful to us as people. It's hurtful to us as an industry because we have to be better than that. And, you know, I'm not trying to make this into like a, you know, Mr. TPSA, you know, you know, drink your school, stay in drugs and don't do milk kind of thing, <laughs> you know, but I just had to let people know. It's like, I, you know, I see what happens out there and it's like, I'm not trying to say to call anybody out though, but it's like, we have to be better than, you know, a lot of us grew up and maybe not always necessarily bullied in that stereotypical sense of us getting beat up. But, you know, for a lot of us growing up, this was like you said, being a nerd wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. You didn't always necessarily have like a whole group of friends. I mean, I know I didn't. I you know, either. I had my cousins, I had my sister and, you know, and obviously as I got a little bit older then I had friends that I hung out with, but even then we still weren't like considered popular. So comics was my outlet for a lot of things or just being creative was my outlet. But then it's sad when you see that maybe people who were ostracized growing up clung to this particular scene and then started doing it themselves to other people. Where it's like, you know, we're repeating that cycle of abuse and it's, it's very hurtful. And that's something that, you know, I don't talk about a lot on the show because, you know, obviously it's like, unless it comes up, it's not really my place to, you know, get up on a pedestal. But yet I just want to say like, you know, obviously if anything, just respect each other. Even if you're not even gonna, you know, like I said, be super buddy buddy with everybody, at least just treat everybody with respect that hopefully you want. It's that golden rule kind of shit, you know? Absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, we're all adults. You know, anybody who is having dealings, whether it's podcast to creator or, you know, writers to artists, whatever it is you're, you're dealing with, we're all adults. And communication is vital to really doing the best job we can do with what we're doing. And at the end of the day, you know, if we don't have all the information, all the tools that we need to progress it's hard to do, uh, you know, the best job that you can do, you know, and we try our best always to put our best selves forward and treat anyone we deal with with respect to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's not about we're, we're not about casting blame. We really are about trying to work together to really do the best 
that we can do and really present this wonderful community in the best light possible. Right. And that's really all, all that we want. And that's what our, we want our listeners to, to get out of it. And anyone that we work with, you know, in the community or that works or they with each other, you know, we can work together. We can, anything can be worked out and we can do wonderful things, you know, so long as we have respect and, you know, have that code of honor. And that's something that's lost nowadays. But, um, it's still so very important to have respect and, and you don't have to like everything, but at least respect somebody else's experience, you know? And if you don't, you don't have to be involved. If you don't want to step away, right. but don't, don't be little, don't cast blame. If you make a mistake, own it, you know, and that's something that we try very hard to do. I know I, myself, you know, if I screwed up, I try to be like, look, I'm sorry. I, I screwed up. I'll try to do better. Right. And that's what we do. We can learn from our mistakes and we move on. And it doesn't matter what level you are, whether you're down on the street level, or if you're up in, you know, in, in the majors, you know, you try to be the best that you can be and treat everybody with respect because you know what? We all, it is a trickle down effect. We all impact each other. Six degrees of separation or whatnot, you know. Yeah. And also respecting each other's time. Yeah, absolutely. Because you all have responsibilities. You know, you know, I have kids. I'm in college full time, you know, and on top of that, taking care of the show, taking care of personal responsibilities, taking care of family, you know, community work, whatever it is. And everybody has similar situations, health issues, everybody's time, especially nowadays. We are so, so busy. So it is so important to really get the most out of our time and to appreciate and respect other people's time and the effort that they put into things is, is very important. Right. And especially since that being an interview show, a lot of the bulk of what we do is dependent on our creators or our guests or whomever we have on. And I or even our, you know, what, even our listeners, because I think about it, you know, that person who's creating, you know, we're usually on for maybe an hour, depending on how long. But yet that hour, even if they're not even on for an hour, maybe even 15 minutes, that's 15 minutes they're taking away from you know, either family or even the work that they're actually promoting, you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, I could draw, you know, this next page or whatever, but I'm going to be on this podcast talking about this comic I'm very excited about. And, you know, I try to respect their time, too. And I know sometimes it's hard because, you know, dealing with time zones and sometimes, you know, you almost get confused because it's like, wait a minute, you're in Alaska? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's just like somebody we've been trying to lock down for a while, the hardest man in show business traveling all over the country and we can't lock him down for an interview. <laughs> but yeah, I still respect his time because like he's out doing it. Yeah. You know, you know? and it's, it's, that's what I love. And also just for people who are listening, because that's also time that is taken away that someone's really sitting down. So it's like for the next, you know, 90 minutes or the next 20 minutes, I'm listening to the show. You know, I have to respect their time too, but you know, and it comes to that too. It's like, so whatever time that we're, you know, doing this particular thing, we have to acknowledge the fact that this is, this is important. And, you know, I feel like we've kind of covered everything we want to say. And believe me, there's a lot more things we want to cover, I guess, in our offbeat sort of state of the union address <laughs> kind of no thing. but it's like and like you were going back to how podcasting you went into it because it was easy and then you you figured out that it's not right it's yeah, not easy but it you never know? started easy i mean it was easy at first but you know what it was it was easy as you know when we thought no one was listening yeah and then once you did then you realize there's a lot of work that goes into it i mean when you guys hear a show you're hearing 15 20 minutes an hour two hours whatever it is but that's 
a lot of times edit it down from several hours of you know audio uh, tracking and, and there's a lot of those hours days <laughs> nights of editing and re-editing and tweaking and you know changing sound quality and and, and cutting out you know bleeps and blurps and and various things and, yeah. and, and the write-ups and, and loading everything online, checking social media, you know, seeing where our audience is when they're around, you know, tracking how the episodes do once they are posted and making sure those are advertised so people know that they're up. There is a tremendous amount of work that goes into it. And we're doing this on our time, you know, our, you know, quote unquote free time, not that it's ever really free. It never is. Time <laughs> you know, is never ours to have. It's never, you know, but we do this and, and you know, and, and, and it's, it, it's, we do it because we love it and we do it because it's, we just feel that it's important to do. And it's a lot of work and, and don't, don't think that these guys or your other podcasts, we know the work that you put in and, you know, we, we give you kudos for that. Absolutely. For the time that you put in, the work that you put in. And for those who are successful, we wish you nothing but the best because you know you worked hard to get there. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. And, you know, and we're nearing now, we're, we're hitting almost 100 episodes pretty soon. Like, so by 2017, uh, we'll be hitting 100. And woo-hoo. it's funny, like, as I'm listening back to old episodes, because I do that from time to time, you know, I, I sometimes like to listen back and it's hard. You know, it's like that <laughs> thing of... I didn't like that one Christmas where I didn't realize that my aunt had recorded that one year where I had gotten, um, I was like these Power Ranger action figures. Mm. And of course, I'm sitting there like I'm going through this whole rundown of which one was what, what Zords they had. And I'm basically geeking out and it's on. And she recorded it. And she Aww. recorded all that. And I'm like, I want to hear that. It's so painful. <laughs> it's so painful because, you know, but yet it's like the glee in my eyes when I did this thing. And it's funny because it's like, I feel like it's the same way with the podcast where I'm constantly watching that video with the Power Ranger figures because it's like, yeah, looking back, it's kind of cringy because I'm like, oh man, I should have edited this better. And oh man, I wish I had this program if it existed then, so I can have done this. But yet, you know, talking about the whole knowing your history thing, it's like, I have to listen to these because I, in order for me to at least do what I do and hopefully make it better, I need to know how much it sucked or at least was a little. A little awkward at first. Yeah, you don't know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. Right. And it's a never-evolving process because as the show even exists, as you're listening to it now, hopefully it'll it'll sound better as we progress. And that's the thing. We want it to sound as good as we can with, you know, with, with what we have. You know, and like I said, I don't have a big, you know, budget studio. I don't have, like, Pro Tools. And, you know, I don't have, like, this cool booth with, like... You know, Rick Rubin, at the, which, oh my gosh, if he had like, you were know, producing podcasts, like, that'd be crazy. You know, to have a soundboard or, you know, soundproofing or. Or maybe I should get like. Or even a, a working computer <laughs> that's consistently working. <laughs> but, you know, we, 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 you know, for what we have, we make it work. Right. And I'm know? sure it's the way with everybody else because, you know, I'm sure there's always something. You could always have to make your job easier, but yet yeah, what you have is what you have. Exactly. And I figure. We apologize for technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, because those do happen all the time. So again, like, and that's not the intention. But what our intention is is to not only make a great product, but also make a great product that not only reflects but also shines this light on this scene in this industry, in this community that we love so very much. And really wanting to show appreciation to them. And that's really what that this do. is all about: is appreciation. This is, you know, obviously letting everybody know where we stand, but yet just saying thank you. Thank you to everybody we talked to so far. Thank you to everybody we haven't talked to. 
And even thank you to the ones that maybe didn't work out so well. Anybody that maybe our projects didn't work out, you know, whether on a personal level or on on a, on a show level, whatever it is, you know, even the not so great experiences, we thank those people too, because if nothing else, they, they taught us something right? and how to be better. Absolutely. And I hope to get better. And as we continue, there's a lot of things that I have planned that I want to talk about. But yet, I'd rather wait until they're official than we could do them. Because, <laughs> you know, you don't want to, like, hype it up. And it's like, you And know, then, if, yeah. You yeah, know. new album dropping soon. <laughs> and next thing you know, like, you wait, you know, months and almost years. Yeah, who's the one that was, like, seven years before they dropped the next album? <laughs> oh, I mean, I... Do you have another hour to go through that well, list? Who was the, who, who's been trying to drop a new album for, like, the longest? Oh, shoot. We were just talking about it, too. And I can't even remember right now. <laughs> right now like okay i'll put it to the one example i can think of i don't want this to be like a, a guns and roses chinese democracy kind of thing <laughs> or it's like oh this album's coming out and it's like i guess that's kind of the joke but then it's like oh hey it's finally oh no i know metallica's been trying to put out something and i feel like with each single they're releasing it's still like okay is there an album to this yes it wasn't deftones it was it wasn't oh, no. a hip-hop artist Sure, I can't remember. <laughs> we had this whole thing about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. And I'll, as soon as I hit stop, I'm going to remember it. And I'm yeah, gonna yeah, kick yeah, myself. yeah. <laughs> but, all right. So I won't take up too much more of your time. Again, I just want to just leave off by saying thank you so much thank for you. everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. We do. And and also, I love you. And I love and that. I love you, babe. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I love that we were able to build this thing. And I'm almost two steps from like breaking into like Starship. But, like, but <laughs> I know, guess this we, city we love we each built- <laughs> other. We love this community. And and we're raising, you know, two up and coming nerds. And, and, and they love it too. And that we're the, the family that nerds together stays together. <laughs> absolutely and i mean I, I can be here for another hour just talking about just how much fun i have sitting down with the family watching the flash and being like oh gosh i'm like i know more about this than i thought lord help me <laughs> <laughs> or the kid knows more than we do and it's like how do you know that <laughs> and, it, and it's a great thing and you know i actually think about them a lot and hopefully that the scene in as if they are involved in like let's say the gay community in any sort of way that hopefully it's even better than what we came up with and it already is in a lot of ways but you know like that's what we're trying to and it just sounds very stupid i actually say stupid it sounds very schmaltzy but it's like you know we a lot of this that we're doing a lot of change we're making you know we also do it for the people who are on the come up you know Mm -hmm. who are coming after us who then yeah maybe they'll have to struggle with those certain things that maybe they won't have to worry about as much that you know my stepdaughter can going to a comic book store or cosplay and you know no one will make fun of her or like you know my stepson he can basically maybe he even wants to get into comics or get into movies or even video gaming and you know people will respect him and what he does because he's brilliant you know they both are much like a lot of kids so i mean and and the girl's been talking about she wants to make a video she has it all planned out in her head so i guess we got to work on video equipment next yeah <laughs> well for a lot of different reasons but again i'm not trying to <laughs> hype my stuff up too much and then you know if anything i'll release six year old director <laughs> are you kidding me she might actually be my new producer and i feel like she won't yeah. be nearly as nice as you yeah no she wouldn't <laughs> she really like, this would. sucks re-edit get him back on see if he'll, he'll skype again you know, that was trash <laughs> yeah and your stepson wouldn't be much better either he's he's be a hard marketing director <laughs> i won't settle for less than 10 percent, 20 percent. oh no we gotta up that at least you know i'm, I'm trying to do a lesson no that, that that's just on the front end okay. <laughs> All right. We got to get those residual checks, too. You know what I mean? We got to keep this pushing. (laughs) 
Oh, boy. But again, thank you so much. And I, I guess that's it. But that'll do it for this episode of Agent Has Issues. I'm Adrian. And I'm Eileen. And hopefully we'll continue to see you uh, next issue and every other issue after that. Thank you for listening to Adrian Has Issues. Please be sure to visit adrianhasissues.com to stream or download our other great episodes. Like us on Facebook at Adrian Has Issues, on Instagram at Adrian Has Issues Pod, and follow us on Twitter at Adrian Has Issues. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the Satchel Podcast app, available on iOS and Android. Adrian Has Issues is a proud member of the Nerd Sloth Network, home to such great podcasts as Nerds on Tap, Cinefreak Critique, and Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. Visit them at nerdsloth.com.